Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 238 of the podcast. And on this episode, I am talking about more big-time Major League Baseball free agent signings. The money for free agents in baseball continues to soar as more marquee players get massive contracts. First, 28-year-old shortstop Carlos Correa gets a 13-year $350 million deal from the San Francisco Giants and the Yankees sign left-handed starting pitcher Carlos Rodon to a six-year $162 million contract. Let's start with Carlos Correa who becomes the highest paid shortstop in the history of baseball. He is far and away the biggest benefactor of Aaron Judge turning down the San Francisco Giants. It made it so San Francisco was desperate not only for a star but but a face of their franchise. I think this is a massive, massive overpay. I think he was the third best shortstop on the market behind Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts. Correa may be the most talented of the bunch, but he's far from the most consistent. In 136 games last year for the Twins, Correa hit 291 with 22 homers and drove in 64 runs. Those are very good numbers for a shortstop. He's a star player, no doubt. But when a franchise gives a player $350 million, they are paying him to be transcendent. Correa has never hit 30 home runs in a season and has never drove in 100 runs. Now, I know these kind of stats are outdated and the analytics will probably tell you he's otherworldly. But this is the kind of contract where this player better end up being a Hall of Fame caliber player by the end of it. I was also not a fan of Correa's tenure with the Minnesota Twins. The shortstop signed a three-year contract last offseason, and the deal allowed him to opt out right after each and every year. That's fine. He negotiated that. My issue was how soon he made it known that he was opting out. He told the media October 13th while the regular season was still being played. I'm not mad he left the Twins. I just didn't care how it all played out. The biggest pro Correa argument is his performance in the postseason has been stellar. His 18 playoff home runs are 7th most all-time. I just don't see the San Francisco Giants making the playoffs anytime soon. Are they better with Correa and Mitch Haniger? Absolutely, but far and away from the Dodgers and Padres who are in the same division. My overall thoughts on Correa is he's a very talented player, but not one I would want to be the best player on my team. It sounds harsh, but it's how I feel about him. Hopefully for the Giants' sakes, he proves me wrong. I think the ideal situation is what the Astros had, where he he was the fourth best player on their team. They had other guys around him. They had Jose Altuve. They had George Springer. They had Alex Bregman. They didn't need to rely on Carlos Correa year in and year out. The San Francisco Giants are making it, so Carlos Correa has to put up gaudy numbers to justify this contract, and I just don't see that happening. He now makes more money per year than Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor. That just doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, I don't think you can rely on Correa to play all 162, and I don't think you can rely on the fact that he's going to be happy 
in year five or six of this contract. Clearly, he wanted out of Houston. That's fine. Then he wants out of Minnesota. Now I'm supposed to buy the fact that he wants to be a member of the San Francisco Giants for the next 13 years? I don't see him playing out this entire contract. And I could definitely see both sides regretting this decision. In a way, I understand where the Giants are coming from. They've had franchise players like Barry Bonds, Buster Posey, the list goes on and on. They have had stellar players who have been the face of their franchise, and right now, they didn't have one, so they went out and they bought one. I just don't think they picked the right one to make the face of their franchise moving forward. Let's talk about one of the biggest pitchers signing. Carlos Rodon last year pitched for the Giants and was a favorite for the NL Cy Young Award for most of the year, going 14-8 with a 2.88 ERA and 237 strikeouts on the season. The 29-year-old lefty has really found himself as a pitcher. Last year, he won 13 games with 185 strikeouts with the Chicago White Sox. He's made the All-Star team in each of the last two seasons, the Yankees are getting a pitcher who is clearly entering his peak years. The team's entire offseason could not have been just bringing back Aaron Judge, and Rodon gives them one of the deepest rotations in the American League. Right now, they have three on-paper elite starting pitchers, Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and Nestor Cortez, and two guys in Luis Severino and Frankie Montas who are capable of winning a lot of games if they pitch to their potential. This deal makes those two a luxury instead of a necessity. Brian Cashman knows that besides Judge, his lineup is not very deep, so he's turning their rotation into the team's biggest strength. Offensively, they look on paper like a team that's going to hit a lot of home runs, but outside of Aaron Judge, there's just a lot of question marks. You don't know what Giancarlo Stanton is going to be. He was really bad during the second half of last season. You have Glaber Torres. I don't really know about his future with the New York Yankees. Moving forward, Aaron Judge is the one name on the offensive side of the ball that you know is going to be a mainstay. Now you add another starting pitcher for six years. You have Rodon. You have Gary Cole. You have building blocks to the next Yankees championship team. Also, I look at the six-year contract. as isn't that bad. Rodon is 29 years old. The money isn't totally out of control like some of the these other deals. This contract makes a lot of sense. The Yankees are spending big money like a big market team should, but they're also spending it wisely, which is what I want to see from big market teams. These teams have been too quiet for too long. My Boston Red Sox are not out there making moves like they should be. At least the Yankees are making moves. They've spent the money to keep their guy on Aaron Judge, and now they're adding to their roster a pitcher who could be an all-star. And I believe it's actually better to invest in starting pitchers long-term than it is to give some of these massive 10-year contracts. I believe Carlos Rodon is going to be a very good pitcher for the next six years. I have no idea what Carlos Correa is going to be like in 13 years. That's what's something that's been so interesting about this offseason is it feels like teams have not learned their lesson from the past. Look at Miguel Cabrera. He's on the last legs of a very bad deal with the Detroit Tigers. 
The Tigers gave him a boatload of money, and he has been bad for quite a while. Now, he's a legacy player, so nobody's mad about it, but think about Albert Pujols with the Angels. The list goes on and on. These 10-year deals do not work out. The Yankees were bitten by one pretty bad in the form of Alex Rodriguez. Remember how bad that contract was? And I've heard all the chatter about how this is about the annual average salary and how teams are not going to get over the luxury tax because they're giving them less money but they're giving them more years which is what players really want. I understand why Xander Bogarts wants an 11-year contract because he wants to continue to play baseball for the foreseeable future. My argument is what is Xander Bogarts going to look like in year six of this contract and by that time he'll have five more years on it so if Xander Bogarts is a shell of himself by year six the Padres could be stuck with one of the worst deals in all of baseball. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you can't debate that it's not out of the realm of possibility. I also think so many of these guys who are signing these 10-year deals are joining new teams. You have no idea how that's going to play out. I know Xander Bogarts is an elite shortstop with the Boston Red Sox. I have no idea how he's going to be as a member of the Padres. Yes, the Yankees gave Aaron Judge a nine-year contract, and he's going to be 40 by the end of that year. Do I think Aaron Judge is going to be a great player for the Yankees at the end of this deal? Absolutely not, but something I do know is that Yankee fans love Aaron Judge, and they want to see him end his career as a member of the New York Yankees. I think that's worth something. I think Aaron Judge is on his way to being a Hall of Fame player, and now he's going to do it as a member of the Yankees. Getting back to Miguel Cabrera, the reason we don't talk about him aging poorly is because he's a member of the Tigers still, and Detroit Tigers fans love Miguel Cabrera. My problem with these 10-year deals is they are being given out to players who were not previously on their teams. Carlos Correa to the Giants, Trey Turner to the Phillies, and Xander Bogarts to the San Diego Padres. It just doesn't make sense to give a player who has never played for you a 10-year contract. Remember back in the day, they used to only give those to guys who had been on those teams. Derek Jeter got a 10-year deal from the New York Yankees because he was Derek Jeter and he was playing for the New York Yankees. I think that the situation matters and the team matters. I think some of these deals are going to look very bad and these teams are going to end up with players who are aging badly who the fans don't even care about. I've said this multiple times on this podcast. There is no Los Angeles Angels fan who cares about how Albert Pujols' career ended because they had no prior relationship to his career. And it will be the exact same way for Carlos Correa in San Francisco if he ages poorly. The Giants have no relationship to Carlos Correa as a player. The Houston Astros fans do because he won a World Series there. I just, I'm not against these 10-year deals, but I think they should only be given to players who have already played for the team they're signing with. I know what some people are thinking, well, Bryce Harper is working out for the Phillies and Manny Machado for the Padres, yeah, right now those deals look good. But if those teams don't end up winning a World Series and they're stuck with these players in year 8, 9, and 10 of those deals, they could be in a bad situation. I think this is very good for baseball that there's a lot of big signings happening, but I think teams are overspending and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there are now multiple ways to make the postseason. There's more wild cards now more 
than ever. Teams think they have a chance to win the World Series because you just saw the Phillies make the World Series as a wild card team. So now every team thinks they have a chance to win it all and they are spending massive amounts of money to solve all of their problems. I personally just believe in short-term spending more than I do when it comes to long-term spending. Yes, we all get excited when our franchises sign a guy to a 10-year deal, but most of them do not work out. There has never been one that really worked out. Again, the only ones that work out are the guys who are already with those teams. Derek Jeter with the Yankees, like I mentioned. A lot of the other ones have been so bad. And my fear is with a lot of these contracts, history is going to repeat themselves. More than one of these deals that have been given out this offseason, we will look back at as regrettable. I do want to talk about the last of the shortstops to sign, and that would be Dansby Swanson, who ends up going to the Chicago Cubs on a seven-year, $177 million contract. Swanson was a big part of the Atlanta Braves winning the 2021 World Series. I'm a bit surprised that the Braves did not make more of an effort to keep Dansby Swanson because they have been signing their young players left and right. The Braves' mission seems to be to keep their core group of players together. So I'm not exactly sure what this says about how they feel about Dansby Swanson as a player. For the Cubs, this is an interesting signing. I've been a fan of what the Cubs have done this offseason. President Jed Hoyer has made some interesting moves. He brought in starting pitcher Jamison Tyon to a four-year, $68 million deal, and they are taking a bet on Cody Bellinger. The former MVP is trying to reestablish himself with a one-year contract. This is not a risky move. Cody Bellinger has been awful for the Dodgers for quite a long time. I mean, him and Yelich have just had a gigantic drop-off after being the faces of the sport. If they even get half of what Cody Bellinger used to be, it will be a worthwhile endeavor for the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs right now are not a very good baseball team, but you have to make these kind of signings to turn your fortune around. When I was growing up, the Nationals signed Jason Worth out of nowhere to a big contract because the Nationals had to overpay to get top-tier talent. This is an overpay for Dansby Swanson, but a team like the Chicago Cubs has to do this in order to get the player. Remember when the Cubs were bad and then they signed John Lester? Some of these signings can help turn your team around. Dansby Swanson might not be the solution to turning the Cubs into a contender, but he can be a part of the solution. I like this player a lot. I think Dansby Swanson is clutch. I think he's very good defensively. He's not a superstar shortstop, but I look at that number. It's a seven-year deal. He's only 29 years old. It's not that big of an overpay. It's $177 million. Xander Bogarts got 280. Carlos Correa got 350. Trey Turner got 330. $177 million for the Cubs, who were a last place team last season. That's not that bad. Dansby Swanson didn't get a huge, massive deal. The Cubs are one of those teams I want to be good because I think they're one of baseball's core teams. You want the Dodgers to be good. You want the Yankees to be good. You want the Red Sox to be good. And you want the Chicago Cubs to be good. Along
along with the St. Louis Cardinals. You want that rivalry to be reignited, and I think there is a chance it could be. I mean, the Cardinals took away their star catcher in Wilson Contreras, and now the Cubs have reacted by getting Dansby Swanson and taking him from the Atlanta Braves. I'm not saying the Cubs are going to be a playoff team because they got Dansby Swanson, but they are making things interesting. Jamison Tyon had a very good season for the New York Yankees last year. Dansby Swanson has been a part of winning teams, and I think that's something that gets overlooked. Bringing in a guy who can help change the culture. The Cubs have been losers for a while. I mean, they've gone through a rough stretch of losing their star core players like Chris Bryant, like Javier Baez, like Anthony Rizzo. They need to rebuild their organization, and I think Dansby Swanson is a good start. Now, it's not the final piece to the puzzle, but it's a good step in the right direction, and that's where the Chicago Cubs needs to be. I ultimately thought that they would end up with Xander Bogarts, but I think Dansby Swanson almost in a way makes more sense because it's a lot less money. A team like the Chicago Cubs should not be giving out out 11 years, $280 million to any player. The Padres did that because they were a Xander Bogarts away from being a contender. The Cubs are not a Xander Bogarts away from being a contender. They're a Dansby Swanson away from being an interesting team. Now the Chicago Cubs are interesting. They're starting to spend money again. And the other team in Chicago also made an interesting move. One of the better outfielders available during free agency is now off the board as Andrew Benintendi now signs with the Chicago White Sox for five years, $75 million. And that's a fair deal. Benintendi isn't a big-time slugger, but he's a professional hitter with a career 279 batting average. Detractors of this move will look at his lack of power. Benintendi only hit five home runs last season, but for me, he is who he is, which is consistent. Last year, he made the All-Star game for the first time. As a fan of the Red Sox, I was upset when the team moved on from him. I think he's a very good major league outfielder. Do I think Andrew Benintendi is the solution to the Chicago White Sox's problem? No, the White Sox last season were a team that we all expected to be way better than they were, and then they went through a, one of the worst seasons that they've ever had. Tony La Russa didn't work out as manager. Now they've lost Jose Abreu, but they bring in Andrew Benintendi, and there's still some good players on this team. Luis Roberts is a very very good outfielder. Tim Anderson is still one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. I think the White Sox could turn it around, and I think both Chicago baseball teams are now worth watching. That is something I've loved about this offseason, is sometimes there are offseasons that are dominated by one team. I remember back when the Marlins made a bunch of moves in a row, when they got Jose Reyes, Mark Burley, Luis Castillo. Like, that team just kept making moves. You had the Angels, who got Albert Pujols and C.J. Wilson. This offseason has not been dominated by one team. There has been spending by a lot of teams. The Yankees brought back Judge and then they brought in Rodon. There has been spending by multiple teams. The Chicago Cubs get Swanson. The Giants get Correa. Every team that thinks they are a competitive team has made a significant move. Even the Braves, even though they didn't sign Swanson, they made a move and traded for Oakland A's catcher Sean Murphy. Baseball teams are all making moves. Not one team is dominating the offseason like in years past. And I think that's the best case scenario for baseball. This has been a lively offseason to say the least. And I hope it 
continues. I hope there's some more big signings and I hope there's some massive trades on the way. Now, it's hard to say if any of these moves will end up with these teams winning the World Series, but they're interesting to say the least. And I think some of them will pay off in a big way. Again, I do think there's some regrettable contracts being given out so far this offseason. And I'll end on this. The shortstop position has obviously got the most amount of money. Again, Xander Bogarts, 280. Carlos Correa, 350. Trey Turner, 330. And now Dansby Swanson gets $177 million. Clearly, teams want to fill the need of a star shortstop. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Ken McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please rate, review, and subscribe.